What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Stoller, your host of the Richer Geek Podcast. As many of you know, I have owned or managed over 1,500 doors from single-family homes, multifamily, and hotels. I've received so many questions about how I transitioned from multifamily to hotels. I've been featured on some of the our nation's largest podcasts. I've spoken at national conferences about hotel investing. How do you do it? What are the differences between multifamily and hotel investing? What about franchises? What did I learn during COVID? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am excited to announce that I'll be having a hotel investor workshop on May 5th and 6th of 2023. If you're interested in hotel investing, please come join us. You can sign up on our website, therichergeek.com. Go to the bottom of the page and click on training. I'm hoping to see you all there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Richer Geek podcast. I have the pleasure today to introduce John Burley. Now, John Burley comes from the world of Wall Street. He looks at money investing completely different from anyone else, and I can attest to this. Uh, he concentrates in the real estate sector. He's founded his, his private equity company back in uh, 1989, and he has raised over $600 million. He's done thousands upon thousands of real estate deals and specializes in cash flow. He was in a position to retire at age 32, but he kept going because the guy's one of those AAA personalities. And uh, he does four public events right now. He still runs his private equity group. He loves to share his model with a success rate that is unprecedented. His students have raised over $10 billion for their own deals, and he has more Burley Century Club members than anyone who has ever taught. The reason? He takes the shackles off and raises the money first, then does the deals. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Awesome to be here, my friend. It, yeah, it's been a long time coming. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, just about every podcast that you've heard me on, whether uh, I'm talking to a guest or I'm on someone else's podcast, I talk about the importance of your team, and I always talk about the importance of having a mentor. Mr. John Burley is the guy, my mentor, that has got me on the path to enlighten me on raising money, looking at money differently, and he is the reason why I've gone from single-family homes to now hotels. And uh, I appreciate what he's done for you. And we're going to talk a little bit how he changed my mind, how he enlightened me, kicked me in the rear end a few times. Um, we but, all need that. We all need that. <laughs> we all need that. I needed that a little bit more. So, uh, John, take us back a little bit, how you got started in 
where was it that all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I can take my Wall Street and, and my this financial thought process and turning into a real estate? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I'm really proud of all that you guys have accomplished, Mike. It, it's just so rewarding. People all the time, well, why do you still teach? It's like, well, because of people like you. Um, and, you know, you know, you hang it up at our, uh, we both have summer homes up in the same place up there at Torian and Sholo. And just, you know, seeing your growth as a person and seeing you helping so many other people, it's amazing. You know, on, on the real estate side, I first went to my first real estate seminar back in 1979. There was three books on creative real estate back, investing back then. The internet hadn't been invented. Uh, I guess Al Gore hadn't made it up yet. <laughs> That's right. And, and uh, you know, I went. And I, I saw my first seminar and, and straight up, Mike, I drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, the problem was it was lime Kool-Aid and lime Kool-Aid sucks. I just didn't know it was lime because everything they taught about it. And I already I already was pretty successful. I was only 18, but I already had a business. I was making over $10,000 a month, um, which was really good money back then. I had like 25 guys working for me. It was just door to door sales. But, you know, we had a good firm and a good company. And everything they taught about it was like no money down, no credit you know, no money, get rich quick and quick cash. And, you know, and so I, you know, in the next nine years, I really struggled with the model, um, you know, for a lot of reason, different reasons. It's not that you can't buy deals with no way down and low down. You can't, it's just, they're hard to do in most markets. And, you know, it was, as I started doing it, you know, with the, over 10 years, I bought five deals. Um, I made money on all of them. Two of them, I got lucky. I think it's good that, to remove our own biases and admit when we just got lucky because I did. And the other three were really good deals where I followed really good numbers. If the markets had gone sideways, I would have made money. If they went down, I actually bombed so well, they would have made money. And in one case, it went up quite a bit. So I made a lot of money. And, you know, during that journey, you know, I, I started building my uh, my financial practice company, my firm. And, you know, we were pretty successful boutique. I had hundreds and hundreds of clients that were decamillionaires to one was with worth almost a billion, went over a billion later. And I had all these people and it's like these hundreds of hundreds of really people. And today with this private equity company, it's almost we're coming real close on a thousand clients over the decades. And it's like, you know, so when I look at them, it's like I listen to podcasts and go to seminars and what they say the rich people are and what they are, they're not even vaguely close. And so it's like, well, everybody who's rich went bankrupt. Well, out of almost a thousand uh, private equity clients, Mike, two went bankrupt. One of the greatest keys to success is don't go broke. Um, so they didn't all go broke. Now, if, if I had ever gone bankrupt, I'd come up with a good free frame and, you know, life's a series of reframes, but not how it is. And and then lately it's been, you know, all this leverage, 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 leverage. And it's like, I've been doing this a long time. This is my fifth downturn. So it's like the whole over leverage thing doesn't work. It goes wrong every single time on a downturn, every time. And when I looked at my hundreds and hundreds of clients back in those days, it's like what they teach back then. And they today, what's sad is the same seminar stuff that I learned literally in the 79, 80, 81 is the exact same verbatim word for word stuff. And in some cases, literally it's like, wow, if you're going to steal the man's joke from 35 years ago, at least hit the punchline, buddy, boy. And what the people who actually had money did has like nothing to do with what's taught. So it's like, yes, coming in, we were, we all had leverage, but then over time, two things happen. You pay the debt down. You don't go refinance every weekend like they teach and it goes up in value. So that when you get 10, 20, 30 years out, I mean, you have a large amount of assets that are free and clear because the reality is rich people don't refinance their assets on a regular basis to avoid paying income taxes. Like all these podcast people say, nothing could be further from the truth. Not people who have real money. 
Um, you know, and it's like, you know, because the idea is you wanted to have that end game, that wealth. And so, you know, what I just realized is that the whole real estate play was amazing. I just read, I drank green Kool-Aid instead of red Kool-Aid, the good stuff. And so, you know, by 89, I took what I actually did in my real business and what my clients did in their real businesses and just went full bore into real estate, but went into real estate with a whole different way. You know, so I just like, look, I'm not going to try and violate the rules to business. I mean, everybody knows, you know, there's core rules. If you want to do an MBA program, they had, there's four basic core, core rules that you learn in your two years. The first one is have a great idea for your business. Real estate is. Um, you know that. I know that. Pretty much everybody listening to this knows it. The, the second thing is that you raise your money first. Uh, you know, real estate was all about, you know, trying to do this without money and avoiding the truth that real estate takes money, always had, always will. So I was like, look, real businesses raise the money first. Then they go in business. You know, you're, you're talking about a new project. I mean, you're going to do the raise before you start building. You're not going to start building the hotel and then see if we can get money later. It's not how real businesses do it. It's not how we do it either. You know, and, and then a system to monetize. So one of the things we do when we work with a capital investor, it's a real business. There's real costs, real things associated. We do a 10,000 placement uh, per door because without an income stream for the business, business doesn't survive. And if there's somebody getting into real estate investing, if you don't have a way to get paid, you ain't going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, great idea, real estate, which it is, all the various niches around it, they all work, you know, raise the money, have a system to monetize. And then the fourth thing, learn to learn to run it like a real business, not this magic wand podcast, YouTube video crap all that I see all over the place. And, and all it is today, it's just a new version of the same stuff we heard 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and all the debt, which is now just backfiring on people right and left, you know, it's it's no different than what was taught in the seventies. It's no different than was taught, you know, in, in the last downturn. It's like, literally, it's like, I get to see the same thing over and over again. And this is my fifth time listening to the same recording with new players. It's like, come up with a new song. Well, you know, I think you did come up with a new song in that, you know, when I came to you, um, we were wanting to get into single family homes, which is your niche, your specialty. But Tell the listeners it, what really enlightened me, and, and I talk about this all the time. Um, you're not a landlord. Absolutely not. And the reason I'm not a landlord, I've been a landlord. And traditional landlording sucks. It's a completely adversary relationship. Um, and I don't like adversary in my life. And I learned that being in an adversary relationship, those are choices. You don't have to be in adversarial relationships. You can reframe everything. So, you know, traditional financial planning, The what the what the financial planner wants and what the client wants are not in line, even in a fiduciary relationship, quite frankly, even more so in a fiduciary relationship. You know, I was trained and I came from the 2% of Wall Street that actually was for profit, not for fees. And if we didn't make money, we didn't get paid. So my entire company for 33 years now, it's based on if I don't make money, I don't get paid. People are like, oh, I wish my financial planner would do it. Yeah, I bet. But 98% would never consider it because I don't believe they can do it. And they mm -hmm. don't want to. And so everything we do is about making a return, making returns. So I knew I had to reinverse, re-engineer 
and reverse it, what real estate was. So traditional real estate was, you know, buy dumpy, cruddy houses, put people in, have them fail, move out, continually tenants and toilets, tenants and toilets, and, you know, mainly seminars taught by Class C. And and I learned, you know, early 80s, I figured out what Class C stood for. It was crap. I mean, it is. And, and now they came up with D. I guess that's dog crap. It's like Class C is bad enough. We don't need to go below. Um, and so we moved out of that. And it's like, wow. Nobody moved into one of my properties in the early days like, wow, this is it, Mike. The the, the rental home of our dreams. We're going to be here for 30 years. In fact, almost everybody's like going, hey, we're saving up to get down payment or fixing our credit and blah, blah, blah. So they wanted to own. So what we decided is like, look, let's give people our residents. Let's give our clients the win. Let's give them home ownership. Let's do solid class B, what I call lunch pail Joe homes, regular homes, regular people, good, solid class B neighbors. I mean, we all strive to, to live above there, but that's where most of us came from. And if we had to go back, we'd be comfortable there. Because I learned the problem with bad neighborhoods is bad neighborhoods, what good mom and dad are going to keep their family in a bad neighborhood? They're not. Every good man that you and I have ever known, if he by accident moves into a bad neighborhood, he does everything he can to get his kids out as fast as he can. So I wanted real neighborhoods for real people who needed help with financing. And so we provided owner financing. So we, in essence, gave them home ownership. So the whole adversarial landlord tenant gone doesn't exist. We don't have rental properties. We have homes that people own. Um, most of them are very, very grateful. We designed it. And the main thing is this is where, you know, I had really learned we have to do proper underwriting. We can't just listen to sob stories. I can't put people in who aren't ready to own. I've got to really do my diligence for both parties, not just for me, but for them. Because if I put them in, they fail. That's on me because I didn't underwrite them properly. So we've gotten the underwriting very sophisticated. Um, our My office, we've had 2,200 families that moved in, cashed out. My students have millions across the world. And of course, we have more and more happening literally every month. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, people just cashing out and owning the home free and clear. So the idea was like, look, let's set it up where the resident wins every time. Let's set it up where they own the home. So now every time they pay, th it's their home. They're taking care of it. Stereotyping. We use stereotypes because it's mostly true. And we're not on Fox or CNN right now. You know, the reality is owners overall take much better care of their properties than renters. Owners pay much better than renters. And then, you know, we don't put them underwater. So it's like, you know, when we were in the in the 21, 22 there, most of my residents, Mike, they're about 40 FICA points away from a $600,000 loan. Mm -hmm. And I put them into a $300,000 home that they could afford. So it wasn't this Nirvana dream mansion with an adjustable rate mortgage. It wasn't all these things had to work out. Nothing go wrong. It's like, here's your regular home that you can afford. And when you lose your job, because you will, because most people lose their jobs a few times, you can get another job and you can still keep your home. And so it was like setting them up to win, putting them in a home that they could really afford. And, and so you know, and it comes from Zig Ziglar, really. He was a dear friend of mine. You know who Zig was. Mm -hmm. You know, I was blessed to share the stage with him about 30 different times. I knew him for over 30 years, originally as a student. And then, you know, he was a mentor and then we became peers and he continued to be a mentor. I saw him to second last speech. I, I literally flew, flew down to San Diego to see a friend who was dying and he was terminal and he, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew it and he knew it. And it was so great standing in the wings on the side of the stage, watching Zig one last time. Um, Cause he was the beacon and, and there was so many Zigisms. My favorite has always been you, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything what you want. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, wow. So 
First thing is not take care of the capital investor, take care of the end client, which is contrary to what everybody in the Wall Street does, but that's how the ones that make the big money do. Their client wins. So the resident wins. Mm -hmm. If the resident wins, then they pay more, they pay better, they take better care of the property. All our costs go dramatically down. Our income goes up. And so then my capital investor is super excited. And you know what we strive for them is like, look, it's a very safe, it's a very secure, long-term cash flow um, thing, which is all I wanted was to create cash flow streams. Real estate is cool because we get lots of nice tax benefits just are there. They're a little bit better right now. We got two more years on some of the great stuff that President Trump put in place for us. Uh, and it'll probably phase out under the current leadership uh, is what it is. Uh, tax laws always change. Uh, and and then, you know, over the long term, we pay the properties down. Over the long term, real estate goes up. Uh, so we make a really great rate of return for our capital investors, provide home ownership for everybody. And it took the adversary out of my life. And then it was just, you know, how big do we want to scale it? Um, and then it's cool. Students like you, you know, you took it and you use a lot of the, the model for your hotels. And as you know, we have students who use it on apartments and commercial and all kinds of buildings. And I've done all the different sectors. I've never done a hotel, but I've done all the other sectors within real estate. Yeah. Um and yeah, it, you know it's it's and I you know I know some of your students RV parks, gas station. I mean it's it's unlimited the yes. teachings and you just but you have to follow it. Follow. And, Wendy know, Wendy just got I talked to her a month and a half ago, mm -hmm. the gas station lady out of Vegas. Yeah. She just got a uh, cash out on an owner finance deal, four point two million green walkout money. Oh. <laughs> that's you Wendy know, though. That's Wendy. That's that's Wendy. She's and you'd look at her and like you'd say no way. Just somebody's grandma. Yeah, someone's grandma. You know, <laughs> I knew her when she was just somebody's mommy. Now she's grandma. This and... stuff works, and you know what? What I always loved when I moved people in because you know a lot of my um, new owners that you know that will be owners of the houses. Some of them were you know medical bills. Yeah. Some of them, well, you know what? They co-sign on their kids' loan. Uh, they're they they meant well, but the bank said, "Nope, not going to do it." And you give them that and, you know, the, the, the look on their faces when you hand them the keys and I'll never forget all the different times they, they email me, Mike, uh, would you mind if we pull out the vinyl and put ceramic tile on the house? And I'm like, you know, thinking about, so you, you can appreciate my, that, that house as, as much you as want. you want. I mean, it, it's going to be theirs. And in the meantime, they're going to make my equity even more valuable. The, I right. think the one I love is um, the Christmas cards, people still mailing them. Um, we have a, uh, a, a large Mexican American population here in the Phoenix area, actually over 40% of, of our County and, and about 50, 55% of our residents are Mexican American heritage, amazing culture, just amazing culture. And I literally have seven families that bring me the tamales at Christmas, the good stuff, the homemade stuff, oh, yeah. including the dessert ones, you know, that only grandma knows how to make. Um, and it's just, it's so amazing that, you know, that the residents do this. I've had. Well over a hundred Mexican American men, and they're very proud culturally, mm -hmm. very proud. Literally, break down and cry and hug me when I hand them the keys. I had a whole bunch more that didn't break down and cry, but were very emotional. But and you know, and the wives are just they start crying, and you know, we're all crying mm -hmm. um, because they now have the family home, you know, yeah. and they're going to do everything they can to own it. Um, and we just set them up to win. You know, we give them ten to thirty years, whatever it takes to get it done. Um, and it's just amazing providing home ownership is such a rewarding way to make a living and help people and then teaching others all around the world how to do it. Um, you know, just phenomenal. I was talking with the guy um, 
off a YouTube video. He had some questions and then, and then he reached out to me privately and um, he's down in Australia. And so I referred him to an attorney down there who's done 42,000 of our student deals. What, it, what we call a title company, they call a settlement agency, one company, 42,000 of our deals. Um, it just, it's amazing business. It's so rewarding. Yeah, it is. And you you have been around the world. You have a best-selling book in uh, Australia. Yeah. And um, uh, lo- money, let's talk about that. What is yeah, it? Yeah, Money Secrets of the Rich. Uh, it was originally a manual I did in the early 90s. And it was like, you know, a lot of the guys in the education business are, are like, you know, everybody can do this. And it's like, actually, no. My experience has been seriously... The people who come to the event, who should be at the event, very, very high levels of success. But when we're looking at the general population, really and truly, 5 10%, maybe a little bit more, are actually going to go into a program and crush it and become financially free and follow real money rules for their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some people will dabble in it. Some people will talk about, you know, we're on these meetings that we're doing this, but you, you and I know it's like, look, and, and most, most people watch from that. You know that most people in the world don't ever get on one of these and never will. We just think this is how the world thinks because we're here. Mm-hmm. And, and so the idea with the money secrets of the rich is when I read books back then, it was like, they were basically one or two. They were either the guy went on and on and on about how cool he was and how cool I wasn't. And didn't tell me what to do other than I was a loser and I needed to fix my life. But like, how? Where's the details? Nice contact, but the content sucked. And, and then or the other one that was so detailed and so analytical that after I got done reading the book, I was more confused than when I started. And it was just to me, it's like going, why doesn't somebody just write a book and go, look, here's the problem and here's the solution. Oh, and by the way, here's the 800 number. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what we did. We broke it down into 30 different subjects, you know, starting out with, you know, some mindset stuff, but then just specific. This is how you set up an automatic investment plan. This is how you do the IRA. This is how you do the 401k. Here's people you can call that will do it for you. You know, this is how uh, we pay off our debt because following the model, as you know, most people in three to seven years can pay off all their debt, including their home and their cars. Um, you know, and, and so just really going through, these are the essence of the people who are, who become wealthy. Deck and millions above. These are the rules that they followed. Whether they were highly entrepreneurial or not, these are the rules they followed, and they have almost nothing to do with what's on a podcast in the in the real world because it's not hype, it's not fluff, it's just really great business fundamentals for the long term and discipline. And so the idea was everybody could benefit from a financial book that had the how tos, mm-hmm. um, and then each chapter just has specific action steps. You know, do step one, step two, step three, and you've got this handled. Move on That's to the right. next chapter. That's right. Now, you, know, you uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I have, I don't think I've ever used worn out highlighters or tabs more than the uh, this book, The Money Secrets of the Rich. If you really want to know, it's like, okay, yeah, that's why I'm not saving money because I spend it. You know, do I need this or do I want this? You know, it's, it's those types of things. And you can take that in your business. You know, mm-hmm. you know when COVID hit, it's like, okay, does this business are these vendors are all these different things necessary for the survival of the asset? And you kind of take that in your life also, is this, if I have, if I buy this, is, am I going to die if I don't have it? <laughs> you know, and then you may just like, wow, I save a lot of money. It, yeah. So much of the stuff that we consume, we don't need. Mm. And, and so the idea was just, you know, and the idea 
is that, look, if we'll with, live within our means and properly manage our money for a few years, we can live beyond any means we previously imagined. I mean, one of the, the book, The Millionaire Next Door, and actually some of my clients were in the study. It really, really shed so much light that, you know, The Millionaire Next Door is really just someone's grandma and grandpa. And there's not a lot of science. They've usually been in the family home for 30, 40, 50 years and paid it off 25 years ago. You know, the cars are free and clear. The business is free and clear, you know, and then just over time, their assets went up. They live well within their means. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, the big splurge just was, you know, family vacations, which is something we've yeah. always done. And it's like, it always made me, well, I just never thought my grandma and grandpa were that rich. It's like, really? Last family vacation, the big argument was grandma and grandpa flew 24 of you to a hotel in Hawaii, and there was only 12 seats in first class, and 12 were bitching because they weren't in first class. Um, you know, yeah. do, do you, do you, don't you understand grandma and grandpa dropped a couple hundred grand on that trip? I mean, connect the dots people. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, yeah. So the money secrets of the rich was just really a, a reference manual and an instruction manual on, on what people who are actually rich do that's replicatable that anybody could do. Well, um, even someone without arms and legs in australia you know our good friend nick but uh yeah nick's amazing just in town it was it was fun we had a really nice just uh family dinner with him uh hung out with him uh just crushed it again it was uh he's just amazing nick's voyacic v-u-j-i-c-i-c -I -C. if you don't know who he is he's yeah. uh, a dear dear friend of mine and and one of our graduates of our program known him for over 20 years amazing guy Absolutely amazing. And ladies and gentlemen, if Nick can do this program and be highly successful, what is your excuse? What was my excuse? And I realized that, well, my excuse is the six inches between my ears. <laughs> and and that is something that John Roy hits, you know, beats you down on. Now, John, you know, a little bit about you do um, some public events. Yes. And, you know, what, what, We'll get into this a little bit. You know, I, I've been to seminars, and I remember when my wife said, hey, you know what? I saw this guy. Let's go. And I'm like, I'm not doing another seminar. You know, nothing, none of these things work. What makes you different? These four events that you do, why are you different? And I know the answer. Well, I, I think it's because I live in the real world. You know, I, I've always called it seminar land. And, hmm. and most people listening to the podcast, you know, you've been to a seminar and you know what it's like. You go to the seminar, everything works, everything's cool, everything's amazing. Run the back room, get my horse course for $29.97, and you can get rich at home in your underwear doing absolutely nothing, which isn't how any of life works. And, and I always did the events. It's like, wow, problem is, is that after the event, I walk out the door into the real world, and most stuff I learned at events doesn't work in the real world, and mm -hmm. certainly not how they describe they're going to work. It's like so. You can't easily go buy houses for no money down in 2023. Can you? Yeah. Easily? No. You know, you can't easily flip and get rich overnight doing nothing. Can you? Yeah. Easy? No. Real estate, you know, real estate takes work. It, it's hard work like any good business. It's extraordinarily rewarding for people who are passionate about it. And so what we always did is we kept in the real world. And it's something that, you know, you and I have talked about. So many of the students do. People are like going, yeah, I mean, the greatest things about John Burley is, you know, he's a super high end real world investor today, right now. Yep. And that's the best thing that students like map. It's also the worst because because of that, I only do four events a year because I can't run around at 40 weeks a year all over the country or the world teaching and doing seminars everywhere and really be running an investment company at home. Not how it works. You, you don't get to do both. 
People can like to imagine, oh, well, they're they're rich and successful and famous. They have more hours. No, we all get 24. And if you have a big business and doing lots of stuff, you already have extra hours sucked away to take care of stuff running the business. And so the idea was that, look, I love to teach. I love the impact we've had. I mean, because to me, that $10 billion, you know, to me, that's not about $10 billion. That's $10 billion of homes that were acquired to provide ownership to somebody who couldn't otherwise. That's what I see. That's millions of people on the planet owning a home who their government wouldn't allow them. In fact, we literally in New Zealand, they had established for some reason that 58.6% of Kiwi should own a home. No more, no less. That was the government number. In the 2000 census, because of our education, it was over 70% of the Kiwis owned a home. And the government actually tried to clamp down the program because it was like, well, we need more people to be dependent on the government. Um, it, not America, but we get the same stuff here. And, and so just the idea to me, the biggest thing is what all those people got to own a home. Mm. You know, people go, why do I still teach? Well, you, people just like you. I mean, not every day, but almost every single day I talk to or I'm in contact with people who took what we did and went on became you know, millionaires, most of them decamillionaires. You've met, uh, we could go on for a long time, all the decamillionaires you met out of our program. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and just the main thing is, though, is just the lives they affect and change. I mean, you know, and you know, many of them, Eric mm -hmm. and Dave and Aunt, we go on for a long time. And these are extraordinary men now. They, yeah. they were Josh. good guys. Josh. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. good guys when I met them. They're extraordinary day because they took what they did, created financial freedom for their families financial freedom for so many capital investors, which is a big piece of what we do, and then home ownership of people. But then they changed how they viewed the world and how they treated the world and what they did for the world. So all of these people, just thousands and thousands of them, have become very instrumental in making their world a better place, one little place at a time, mm -hmm. You know, affecting your sphere of influence and then expanding it, making it better in the ripples. And now I think, geez, half of you guys are moving to Sholo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think there's five of us now uh, in, in the last couple of years that followed me up to the the Sholo area because uh, it's just a great place to retire and hang Absolutely. out. It, it, it's like we're 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 calling it the Burley Mountain now. I think we're going to take it over. Yeah, it's Burley Mountain, and you know the greatest thing is none of us could ever dream about or even think about affording a place like that. You know, without your expertise and your mentorship so it's oh, and, it should be named burley mountain it it, it 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 it's a blessing and then you know we get to hang out and go play golf and uh, smoke a cigar and, and enjoy enjoy the homes and it's just awesome and your place up there is phenomenal yeah thank phenomenal. you very much and yeah. uh, you know and you know one of the things that I'll touch upon also about you know ladies and gentlemen these four events that he does is there's no CDs to buy there's none, none of this stuff. What is there, you know, that you get out of it? You actually, it, what sold me is, wow, uh, you mean that I actually get to talk to John? It's not a seminar and then you disappear, and then the 1 800 number is disconnected. You know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what that seminar is like. Or you're talking to someone in the Philippines and says, hold on, and you can hear the typeboard the keyboard clicking because they're putting your question in a database to see what pops up to give you an answer. We actually get access to you, John. Is that, yeah. you know, that's correct. And, and, and it's like each, each event is unique because the market is always shifting. I mean, obviously, you know, what we were teaching mm -hmm. in 17 or 18, 
when we first started working together versus 20 mm-hmm. versus 23 markets are very very different and, and you know to think that the same tired old stuff that's been out since the 70s would still work today ludicrous because mm-hmm. it doesn't the market's constantly changing opportunities are constantly showing up and so we're just always shifting with the market we talk about what's coming up um you know our next one is spring training which is one of our big events it's uh you know april 15th through 17th um and then april 21st through 23rd it's literally three days just on how we raise money um you know whether it's a uh you know, a large raise or what most people do is a non-security working with capital investors from their own mm-hmm. sphere of influence, how we set up the operation, how we do the business. We do a field trip to our bricks and mortar real estate building because it's a bricks and mortar business people. Um, you know, we have an attorney in for a couple hours to go through it. And, and basically what I did is, is I did the same thing that I did with the houses with these seminars. It's like, okay, so what was everything missing from everything event I went to? And it's like, well, I mean, first of all, I need to answer questions for real. And I remember so it was so painful when I was new. I was like, oh, yeah, I got all the answers for you. Get my coaching program. And I bought them all. And it was always the same thing. You know, it's like literally one of the first big programs they did. The guy was going to make $14 an hour. And he was in my small group by accident. And it's literally he had never done a deal in his life. And I'm going like, and I just paid for this guy to be my coach. I mean, this guy, nice guy. This guy knows nothing about business. Yeah. He's stoked about a $14 an hour job um, in San Diego um you know she's broke and and so it's like okay and they always said the same thing go ahead and write those questions down and i'll get to them at the end and when the end came they left so Mm -hmm. i always as you know i'm there early i stay late i also bring in a team of century club members highly successful individuals who also stay and answer questions because it's a big piece of it And, and being around people who are super successful is a big piece of it um they're a lot of work which is why we only do four events a year Um, I love to do them, but I'm always going to have my roots in my core business, um, which is what I think everybody should be doing for themselves. Yeah. And that is another thing that that is different is that you are actually still involved in the business and you're not just a 24 seven seminar guy that did watch HGTV, did five deals and now he (laughs) thinks he can teach. Oh (laughs) boy. I saw one of those on Saturday. Yep. Five deals, uh, you know nothing. You know nothing. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, um, we 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 love to just be in the real world and do it. I know right now, I mean, people are like, well, what are you doing right now? I'll tell you right now, mm-hmm. we're modifying. Some of our land always talks about buying houses subject to, which is where you take over the existing loans, but the loan stays in their name. And that works pretty good when they don't have equity. But that's not where we're at. So these people are going, oh, there's a tsunami of foreclosures. Uh, well, actually, the numbers showed that we're at the lowest foreclosure rates in 40 years. There's no tsunami coming. This is not 2008. There's nothing that that identifies as. Um, and, and so what we're finding a lot of people, though, is like going, they'll take a haircut. I mean, so that, it, it may be worth 400. They'll take 340, 350. Uh, but they have a $250,000 loan at 2.5%. They're not going to leave that loan in their name, but they will let me assume it. And the rules for assuming are, re- are much easier than the rules for um, for getting a new loan. So one of the big things we're doing right now is, you know, coming in with down payments mm-hmm. um, to give them cash, real money. It's not it's it's not 2008. These aren't six, eight, ten, twelve thousand dollar deals anymore. I mean, they're out there. And if you're in the middle of, you know, the Rust Belt or the Deep South where houses are 100 grand, sure. But most of us are living in bigger cities these days, and the prices are quite a bit more than that. I mean, we we can't work off 1980 numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2023. 
is we're finding a lot of these, you know, uh, John's been putting offers in, we're putting offers in a lot of these that, you know, and the main thing we're buying is the loan because we're getting two and a quarter to three and a half percent, 30 year fixed loans that are two to four years in. Um, and this is where, you know, having real, real capital investors and real financial statements, you know, we'll sign for those loans all day long. Um, and then come in with whatever's required for, you know, for money, the buyer, the seller and closing costs and, you know, buy it like a real deal, but take advantage of those older loans because they're way better than the six and a half percent new loan we can generate today. We're That's still right. doing those, but the numbers got to come down even more. Mm -hmm. So we're really looking at, you know, one of the things that we talked about is that, you know, it's always been the return and people get confused. So, you know, when the price is starting up in 1920, everybody's like, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. And it's like, it's not the price. It's the return. It was never the price. It's the return. Um, you know, and then, you know, interest rates are really low. We'll buy, 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 buy because interest rates are low. Again, we don't buy because of the interest rates. We buy because of the return. Because right. there's people who bought with those low rates who don't have very good deals. I mean, they overpaid 50, 100 grand for the property. And it's a good loan, but they're kind of locked into that property because they can't go replicate it. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was always like, look, it's never the rate. It's never the price. It's the return, which is just going every single market going to be a combination of those different factors putting it together. Um, you know, one thing we do, obviously, is. If they own it rather than renting it, that 25% slippage, that rule of thumb of about 25% of your costs go to management, we get rid of most of that. Uh, people will pay more to own than rent till we increase the income stream. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking at, you know, how do we take this that most people would think is a no deal and make it a deal? And that's just, we're going to combine the factors that are there. And, and the second weekend, you know, the 21st through 23rd of April, we're going to go deep dive into deal making. You know, mm -hmm. how we find the deals, what the houses are, what the neighborhoods are, why we don't ever do toxic class C. Also, why for investing, why we don't do class A. The numbers don't work. Um, and in some cases, those relationships are even more toxic than class C. Oh, yeah. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, it's, there's a reason why someone can't afford a six to $800,000 house. And uh and, yeah, and, and there's a mar lot more risk on a six to $800,000 house than a three dollars $400,000 house if you mm -hmm. can't afford it. Yeah, because um, you, you can do a lot more damage for me. Yeah. So we just, you know, keep on the foundational, the fundamentals. Um, I love the markets we're in. There's a lot of softness. There's a lot of opportunities. I think that uh, I love it in a small way. I, I've been company with him in this regard throughout my lifetime, three, four times, normally just when we're moving into the big booms, the world says Warren Buffett doesn't know what he's doing again. Oh, he should be leveraging. He should be this. He should be that. Everybody knows what's to do. And he's the wealthiest investor in the world. And, and he's not the richest business owner, but he's the, the richest investor. Um, And I love when I'm in that company. I remember like, oh, yeah, no, Burley's not refinancing all his property. He doesn't know what he's doing. Really? That's the third time I've been accused of that uh, publicly because I didn't refinance my properties in the nineties uh, and I didn't refinance my properties in 06 and I didn't refinance my properties in 19 or 20. Thank God I didn't in the Valley, Mike, there was 10 to 12, 500 to thousand plus inventory guys in this Valley mm -hmm. in 2008, in 2011, I was the only one standing mm -hmm. because the main reason for all of them is they over leveraged. And then when the you know what hit the fan, there mm -hmm. was nothing left to hold on to. And they took all that money out and spent, well, that's what rich people do. Not at all. They don't go bankrupt. And they spent it and pissed it. And then the properties couldn't stand on their own 
um, or they'd gone with commercial financing so that they couldn't sell five houses to eat. The bank just swooped all the cash. They forgot to read the fine print. There you go. Which is why you know why we covered the fine print. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so just super exciting opportunities. I love where we're at right now. I love what's in the marketplace. Um, And the thing that Warren Buffett always said really, really eloquently and well, he's been credited with saying thousands of things. Some of them he actually said. (laughs) And and this one he did. Um, When others are greedy, 2021, be fearful. Mm-hmm. And then right now, when others are fearful, be greedy. We got an entire generation that's scared to death of losing money because they lost a third of everything they owned in 10. They just mm-hmm. got whacked again with the downturn. And heck, Mike, now they're afraid to leave the money in the bank. There's that's good never, for us. It's never been a better time <laughs> to raise money in my whole life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, John, it has been a pleasure. How can people get a hold of you to yeah, learn let, more about these these uh, get-togethers of yours. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey, for those of you guys that do social media on Instagram, uh, john.burley. So go to Instagram and, and you can follow us there. We on YouTube, johnburley.com, so J-O-H-N-B-U-R-L-E-Y.com. We do pretty much every week. We put videos out. And if you have any specific questions or anything you want to know about, just ask it. In the next couple of weeks, I'll put up a video for you. Um, because I love to be able to connect and touch people that way. Facebook, we have the John Burley real estate page, and then you can go to johnburley.com. So J O H N B U R L E Y.com. There's a bunch of free downloads there. And it also gives you the schedule for the upcoming events. Um, I'd love to see you when, when you come to an event, make sure and tell me that, uh, we met virtually through Mike, uh, cause I'd love to get back to Mike and let him know who came out to the events, uh, because of him. Cause it's just awesome being here, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you so much, John. And ladies and gentlemen, you know, that's it. I mean, we could have gone on for another hour or so because there's just so much knowledge in this guy's head. But uh, we have to stop it now because it has to be about as long as your commute the next time you (laughs) listen to this. So thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes i appreciate you and thanks for listening